You are listening to the Subtle Forces Podcast. I am your host, Anja, not Anja Seeger. And today, we will be taking a trip down to the basement alone. house was bought in 1973, and ever since that time, a spider has never been discouraged from making a web in the open space under the stairs that lead down to the basement. In other houses, the space under the basement stairs might be put to use as storage. Tupperware tubs containing the Christmas tablecloths, or it's a space for the mop and the multiple vacuum cleaners of someone who is spider-adverse. In the basements of large families, sometimes there is a cot under the stairs. Snoring gently on the cot is an introverted middle child, while the shrieks of older and younger siblings fighting over pancakes in the kitchen, one floor above, are muffled by the whir of the basement washing machine. I have been to many comfortable basements, too, that have carpeting, TVs, beanbags, a foosball table. There's a lot of basements with foosball tables. My basement is not one of those basements. This is the sort of basement where mom warns you not to walk around barefoot because who knows what toxic adhesives were used to install the now peeling linoleum tiles on the floor. There's a moldy leather trench coat suspended from the ceiling. It always looks like someone very tall is standing there watching me. When asked why we don't just throw it away, the answer is always, it was expensive. It came from Spain. It was tailored for perfect fit. Maybe we can remove the mold somehow. But until that day... It's just going to be there, lurking, whenever I have to go down to the basement alone. Maybe this is why I fixate 
on a phobia of seeing a ghost in the basement. Perhaps it's not even a ghost. Maybe it's just an ancestor come back to see if I need any energetic help. But here's the thing about a lot of my ancestors. They acquired an awful lot of wrinkles. Their homeland was a hot and dry one. They got permanent frowns because inexpensive sunglasses just weren't invented yet. There weren't trees where they lived, so they just would squint all day. Squinting hard each day makes you look stern. You'll scare the children even if you aren't feeling angry. Even if your intention is just to swiftly flutter into the peripheral vision of your great-great-grandkid just to say, Hey, I'm looking out for you. Or, Hey, I'm really proud of you. Any sprite-seeing kid is going to be spooked. Not just by the spook, but also the wrinkled grimace. No disrespect to my ancestors. I'm just remembering how I felt a few decades back whenever I was sent down to the basement to retrieve the scrub brush. I didn't want to go down to the basement alone. Maybe my brother Anton could get the scrub brush. He wasn't afraid of the basement. Anton, could you get the scrub brush? Please, just this once. I know. I know. But it's scary down there. Fine. But could you just stand at the top of the steps? Anton would stand at the top of the basement steps and sing, Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. He'd sing it for as long as I needed to be down in the basement. I would sing it too. Eventually, Anton moved out of the house.
and I would still have to go down to the basement to get the scrub brush or the bag of flour or the laundry and it was on me to sing don't worry about a thing cause every little thing is going to be alright even if I didn't feel like things were going to be alright in the basement This podcast, The Subtle Forces, is a new podcast. However, The Subtle Forces is not a new show. The first time The Subtle Forces aired was... Already doesn't know me. <laughs> are you listening? Are you listening? Hello, are you there? Hello, 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 hello. Call your name Coffee. Coffee, get by. Coffee, get by. Cup so we can fill it with coffee. You are listening to River West Radio on WXRWLP Milwaukee and on RiverWestRadio.com was a two-person show. I was one half, and the other half was Frisia McKee, who co-hosted our inaugural show of this podcast last episode. And we had a show for two years. It was a a very small radio station. It only had a distribution of maybe a mile. Hit it. Oh. I don't, I don't know how, how big it was then. I know they've expanded it a little bit since then. But anyways, it was basically performance art for the radio. Think about how many seats your behind has sat in. How many gentle cradles have carried you to the next stop? Do you ever get on the bus and think, this is the exact bus I've boarded before, but with a different people, a different driver, and I am sitting in a different seat. It is simply the structure that carries us forward in different times, in different places, with different companions. We would do things outside the station and talk about them live on air. So one time we made our own fake parking tickets and distributed them on the vehicles parked in front of the radio station and would narrate as people went to their cars and discovered their parking tickets. First they'd look all upset and then they'd pick up 
the thing we had stuffed under their windshield wiper, and then it would turn out to be a flirty little poem. (laughs) What things embedded under your skin have been there for 20 years, 30 years? We would describe everything that was happening outside the radio station window on live air. Another time we had a live yoga class on the sidewalk outside of the radio stations, and we would heckle the students on live radio. We had guests, and every week we'd spend hours preparing a theme of a subtle force and preparing activities for that theme. And it was a long show. It was like a two hour stream of consciousness improv talking show. We are the claw and we work 10% of the time. We are the construction crew with the digger. And we are going to. It would take me all week to find music for that show and activities. It was my life for two years, and it was the funnest thing I had ever done. But then it no longer was possible to do our show because, and I'm not blaming anyone, but Frisia went to grad school, so we had to stop the show. Three years later, Frisia graduated, so then we thought maybe we could start a Subtle Forces podcast together because even though we aren't in the same city anymore, if we started a podcast, we could record it over Zoom and pick up where we left off, even in a pandemic. And so that's what the last episode, the first episode of the Subtle Forces podcast was, was me and Frisia trying to reinvent what we had. You are the treetop and we are the ladder. (laughs) We are at the doctor's office. There's no skipping around it. After one episode of the Subtle Forces podcast, it was determined that I wanted to keep making episodes and Frisia does not. She's in a different place in her life creatively. So... She will be a contributor sometimes, perhaps, but the rest of the episodes from now until infinity will be generated by me. But I don't think I would be doing this podcast at all were it not for Frisia, because just the fact that she wanted to do a podcast at all got me excited and helped me to want to run down those basement steps and to linger in the basement collecting all of the materials we would need for the podcast, because I never would have started a podcast without the excitement of potential collaboration with Frisia. I thought about it for years, but I never got my stuff together. So thank you, Frisia. I can ignore the terror of any basement as long as I know you are involved But I just wanted to tell you, because I know some of you are righteously and rightfully and I agreedly, 100%edly, 
huge Frieza McKee brain fans. Um, have a great summer and keep dreaming. Have a great summer. Have a great summer. See you in fifth grade next year. Have a good summer. Have a great summer. It seems like they all have been reading the same book. <laughs> have a good summer. And now, a special interview with my dear friend, Jessica Beyer, a woman who has an unstoppable, some would even say inappropriate, but abundant laugh. To try and describe the most memorable basement from your childhood, what was it like down there? Well, you would walk down the steps of the basement. My dad finished the basement by himself, which is a miracle because he wasn't like the most handy man in the world. It had like blue, dark blue, I think, Berber carpet and drywall. This is fascinating. I have not thought about this basement in a long time. (laughs) Uh, There was also an area in which was closed, which was our laundry room that was unfinished. But I remember this random art project was hanging in the unfinished basement. And it was this giant (laughs) paper witch that I guess my mother could not get rid of. Uh, like she couldn't bring herself to just throw it away or recycle it. But I remember just terrifying fear and dread walking down the steps of the basement alone. What was the most scary thing about the basement, would you say? That there were not other human beings in it. <laughs> like, it was, I don't know... I think I had this general fear of being alone as a child. And I think that was because my mother was like very anxious of, (laughs) this is so funny to me, someone kidnapping us. And so I think that (laughs) (laughs) So I think that that general fear of, us not leaving her side in public that was passed to me and I didn't want to leave her side in private too I just had constant anxiety about other people being in the same space as me that I did not know Uh, (laughs) whether that was like ghosts or some type of ethereal figure or an actual human being that was not supposed to be in my house. And there was no way this human being would be in my house. But I I was afraid of other nouns. Were you ever sent down to the basement to to go and get something? Yes, I was. (laughs) Cleaning the basement was a big thing because it was essentially our playroom. I just remember 
often the basement was the place we were supposed to be if we were not outside, you know? That's the place we were supposed to play. How did it feel to have your play area in a space that you felt uncomfortable in? <laughs> this is deep, Anja. <laughs> this is very, very deep. Like, no, really, yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating to me. Like, whoa. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. So I was always comfortable in this space when there were other people around. Often there were neighborhood kids or my brothers. Often there were other kids around. So I felt very comfortable in this space then. But to be in this space alone was uncomfortable because of fear of abduction, I guess. <laughs> abduction. Then I like fast forward into like my teenage years, early adult years, I think the discomfort with being around myself was a thing that I had to like work through and heal from, if that makes any sense. Some people are terrified of like going to a restaurant and eating by themselves or just terrified of being in their own presence. The fear of being alone as a child in that basement stayed with me at a subconscious level into adulthood. And then my 20s was the time where I was alone often and I had to become comfortable with that. So how are you with your basement today? What's your basement like now? With my basement now, so you go down the steps, there is like a small dormitory for Lucy the dog that has a recliner. That's where Lucy sleeps each night. It's like her little den and she loves it. And she has her own lazy boy that she jumps up onto every night and sleeps in, in this lazy boy. So I go down to the basement like twice a day. And there is this beautiful blue door with a, a gorgeous old doorknob that goes underneath our front porch. I think that people might have stored vegetables in that, that area before. We were talking about the fear of ba basements and having fears of basements. And I think I still have the fear that someone could be in that, that cellar. <laughs> I have no idea who's gonna be in there. down the steps we smelled something horrible and where the water drains in the with the washer unit there's just a pile of like well it's water it's not a pile but it's just this pool of black water it looks really beautiful and smells delicious <laughs> oh <laughs> it's horrible and there were little flies 
like hanging out around this death pool. Listener assignment. I want you to imagine a basement and it's okay to make it a scary, creepy basement. Describe the basement in whatever medium you like to make work in. I want you to begin at the top of the steps and slowly walk down into the basement. What do you smell? As you turn your head, what are the sights around you? What startles you in the basement? What are you afraid of in the basement? Is this basement true, a memory, or is it fiction? What is the difference between fiction and nonfiction? Even if you were to go down into a basement right now and look around inside your basement, is there a difference between what is actually there and what it is you are feeling as you stand or sit or lick the tiles of the floor, of the concrete floor or the tiles or the moldy carpet of the basement. What is it you are sensing that isn't there? Can you know the difference between truth and fiction in a basement? And if you aren't afraid, why aren't you afraid in the basement? Feel free to send me your responses to subtleforcespod at gmail.com. I'd love to read them. Thank you for listening. That's the end of Alone in the Basement. Music for this show is created by my brother, Anton Seeger, who makes all of the sounds alone in his basement. He is not afraid of his basement. Special thanks to Jessica Beyer for her interview and Regia McKee and River West Radio.